Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Mark Purcell. Each week we discuss filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. How you doing this morning? Okay. I guess. <laughs> Doesn't no, sound I'm great. Like it. I'm awesome. I'm fantastic. I just too you know, fast. Too too fast on the the recording. No, I just uh, yeah. I mean, you know that I'm working really hard on this commercial project, and yeah. Um, yeah. Last week we said we might be working on it. This week we are working on it. It's yeah. official. We're doing it. A very official. Um, <laughs> and it's just um, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I think the schedule is a little shorter. Like we have less time to prep. So that's one yeah. of the things that's um you know making it more difficult and then i'm working with um a city that's very difficult to work with um in a neighborhood that's particularly um i don't know i wouldn't say it's difficult i don't know there's just you know there's challenges they do a lot of filming there apparently i had no idea how much they do there and um and you know the neighbors uh they have their concerns rightfully so so Mm -hmm. you know i just spent um the last two hours of my day or two two to three hours of my day last night um getting signatures from people mm. um so i was just walking the neighborhood and meeting everybody and um you know trying to get the signatures we need and we're short a few but uh i think so we're what, gonna get them but what are know. the requirements of shooting in that neighborhood oh god there's a lot of them <laughs> you have to have everyone sign a piece of paper like the whole neighborhood Every, like how many houses in the vicinity so 300 feet in all directions from where we're shooting okay. um need we need a hundred percent of the neighbors a hundred percent within wow. that 300 feet radius and so and a hundred percent how far in advance of the shoot um i think before they issue the permit is 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 the vague rule i asked (laughs) the city i was like when do you need this in before i can issue it like when does that have to be before Mm -hmm. i issue it it's like thursday friday i mean you know i know what that means because they're closed on friday so it's obviously thursday but i mean i'm trying to get oh get ahead of it you know and get it done like monday hopefully right um But, you know, it's really great. Like, the na- the woman who we're working with in the neighborhood, she is really helpful, and she's help- trying to assist us in collecting these signatures as any way she can. And, um, you know, the the one that, that didn't sign, I think they're out of our radius. Like, barely. It'd make me feel better if she signed. But, <laughs> she, you know, and it was funny, because it was, it was kind of like, she's like, I signed last time, but, you know, like, what am I signing for? Like, ah. Uh, you know, it's sort of annoying. I, don't know if I want to. I don't really. <laughs> what, is, what is it? Why? Why does it benefit me? I don't. I don't understand. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You know. And so, hmm. I don't know. I mean, and she's like, yeah, like she just wanted to like for me to talk to her and her husband together. But then I was like leaving at like seven thirty, like almost eight o'clock, and then he was coming back with dinner for his like f- four kids. I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna like bum rush him while he's like coming in. You know. I'll just wait till later. Like, geez, like, I don't want to, I don't know. Anyway, so. sounds like LA style uh, permitting. I guess so, yeah. Have you ever run into this issue in the Bay Area before? Sure. I've I've had to collect signatures for other um, shoots I've done. Um, Usually it's not as many, though, or it's uh, not, um, it's not like a hundred percent of the signatures mm. required. So like you can, you can just go through pass through the neighborhood, get like, you know, whatever, 80%, 70%. And then if people aren't home or aren't available, you can just say unavailable. And then if you put like um, a flyer there, they're usually pretty cool with it, you know? Um, but it's never stopped me from doing anything before. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes I, I never, you know, I do a lot of indie productions, like, you know, sometimes you're not even getting permits because you're just shooting in someone's private property and you're not even shooting on the street at all. So it doesn't even involve the city in, in, in any way, you know, and like I'm not bringing trucks and, you know, motorhomes to neighborhoods right. usually. So it's like that kind of stuff is what makes it a little bit different, um, you know, and so I've sort of always it's always worked out and, and usually you find people who are cool and who like want it to happen. And then they're like willing to help you, you know, which is what is happening in Alameda. It's just, the city's got so many rules, um, you know, that we have to follow. We basically have to do everything like a professional set as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And we can't just like, you know, there's no parking of crew in, in the neighborhood. Like we right. have to shuttle everyone in. 
Um, so that's like another challenge, but luckily there's, there's an option and, and you know, the city wasn't helpful, but then the woman that I'm working with, <laughs> uh, was, she was like, oh yeah, I've, I've used this guy before. He's great. And he's not that expensive and he's got all the room in the world. You could just go there. I was like, oh yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Obviously. Yeah. That's well, the that's best good. place. Yeah. So it's going well. I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing, something, it's nothing, you know, I'm just working like, you know, just a lot 10 of to work. 14, yeah. 10 to 14 hour days, you know, every yeah. day and constantly emailing and phone calls and, um, you know, just a lot to, that needs to happen before, um, you know, not this Monday, but the Monday after next. So yeah, but no, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, it's going to be a fun commercial. Um, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. So at the time this podcast comes out, we'll be a week away from shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Yeah, how are you feeling about everything? Uh, pretty good. I mean, on my end of things, I'm just kind of waiting for a bunch of stuff to get approved so I can go on to the next level of creative exercises. Because like right now, I've presented locations which are approved. Uh, the basic kind of shots are approved. I'm waiting for some design, like art, art design of stuff that I need before I can like kind of go to the next step of like kind of just defining what production design looks like and just refining all my lighting references and camera and all that. So, um, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's, uh, it's fun to be back with the team again working. It just, um, it definitely feels different than the last one but i think it's just because it's a different project and there's a it's a different time schedule you know mm-hmm. and um it's just a little different but uh it's very different yeah very different. yeah oh, it's very different we'll just leave it at that you and i can talk about that later i can i can go down the list of like all the reasons it's different but it'll be boring for everyone else I'm curious now to know yeah. why why the other reasons why it's different. <laughs> I have my own reasons why I think it's different. But, I think uh, <laughs> that the base basic uh, sentence of it is this is just less of a crazy production than the last one we did. There's a lot less moving pieces, and uh, there's the challenges of it are are very different. They're not the same types of challenges. So I just feel like the more complicated a production, the more fun it is for me. I right. like the complication. I like the uh, the variables and like trying to figure out how it's all gonna like kind of come together and coordinate. Like to, that that excites me, and I think that's a, a big reason I like visual effects is because there's a little bit of an unknown component thrown into it. When I when everything's kind of like right in front of me and I can see it, it's gonna like eh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. This is like a I don't know. I'm really I'm really excited, interested to see how I'm gonna feel at the end of this production because. It's going to be over really quickly. Like the other yeah. one was, you know, it wasn't that many more days, but it was spread out over a longer period of time because of mm-hmm. the, the holiday that we had in the middle of it. So it just felt like there was more time for everything. And now there's like less time for things. Um, but uh, how you been doing on the movie front? I see that you actually are doing other things besides our commercial project, which is like <laughs> blows my mind that you can do that. Like I, I have not been able to do anything really, which has been, you know, interesting. Um, at the same time that I'm doing a little stuff, like I don't feel like I'm doing enough, but I am trying to like keep things moving. So music video, I'm still trying to push that forward. Um, we're kind of waiting on on pieces from the band in order to finish that up. I'm not totally clear on when they're going to go live with that, but I'm excited that that's like something that's going to be coming out this year. And then you uh, asked me to put together like a a pitch book for Haunted Toy House to bring to uh, AFM. And so I started working on that. I already had like a lot of those pieces together. So it was really just kind of looking at it one more time, sending it off to you and getting your notes, but it's, it's way too long now. So I have to go back in and revise that. I'm doing the same thing for another project that I'm working on. Um, but it sounds like the producers on that are off shooting something else. So it's a few weeks away before I kind of hear back on that one. What else? Oh, and then the script that I'm writing, I mean, it's kind of at a standstill right now because I, I have to get my head back in it and I just don't feel like I have enough time to sit down and get my head back in it and, and write every day. Um, I've been procrastinating a lot on that script. I'm a little stuck, a little stuck with it. 
a little lost, but I feel like I'm almost there. And if I just kind of keep pushing and write like these last 20 or 30 pages and just get some sort of shape there, then I can look at it again with clear eyes and uh, and get into the rewriting. Because rewriting for me is so much easier than the first draft. Like I know people talk about vomit drafts and I've never been able to do that. Like I can't do, I can't just like throw it out there and just see what happens. I try, every time I try, I end up getting stuck somewhere. And I think that's why I end up trying to work on outlines as much as possible because if I had an outline right now I'd just be able to go all right what do I what do I need to do next and I can look at the outline and go great let me write that scene but I don't have an outline because I I threw it away and just tried to write this thing which I think has been a good exercise but at the same time it's I'm gotten to a place now where I'm off of my outline and I don't know where I'm going with it and I'm trying to figure it out along the way Why'd you throw away your outline? Were you just getting frustrated with it or something? Or Yeah, I was just kind of going in circles and circles with like not really knowing what, the, I guess, the best way to tell my story and knowing kind of what, generally what I was trying to do with it. And I thought if I just sit down and write it, maybe new things will come out. I, got, I was just getting kind of sick of being in the outline phase and I wanted to start getting scenes out and visuals and, and dramatize things, which has helped. It's definitely like brought new ideas to the table. Um, but yeah, without having that kind of structure outline to follow, it's making the writing process hard. I feel like the first 20 pages are so easy. Right. It's like, oh, this is great. And yeah. then pass out, I'm like, okay, so now what? And the ending sometimes too can be easy. Yeah. Like so right now, the end. I pretty much have like the first 30 pages and the last like 20 pages. And there's this big like, space in the middle where like so many different things can happen and I'm trying to like kind of bridge the gap between the two things um, and it's not that I don't have ideas for it it's more I don't know how those things are scenes yet right you know but, it's yeah. easy to just like write people like doing exposition and like to kind of saying the things you want to say but to be smart about it and like tell it in a visual way like that's where I'm kind of struggling yeah, I don't know. It's a, you see so many movies that like get lost in that in that second act sort of area, you mm-hmm. know, like the around the thirty to like an hour mark or whatever, or even later, like you know, forty five minutes to like an hour and ten minutes into the movie, like around that area where it just sort of slogs, you know. And I kind of feel like sometimes people try to come up with subplots or other things that their characters are doing <laughs> to like right. make that part of the movie interesting. And I think like what I w- always want is it to be the, the most direct, um, you know, line to, to the conclusion, you know, um, that's also interesting, you know, which is tough because it's like, well, if it's the most direct line, then you don't even have that section. You just cut it out. And then like, you're stuck with a 45 minute long movie. But, <laughs> right. um, but I feel like you have to find out like, what is the struggle? Like, what is the hurdle for the characters to overcome that they need to overcome to get to exactly. your ending? You know, that's kind of where I think I might be, I might have some problems as the break into act two there needs to be a very clear obstacle and then everything that they're trying to overcome, like, you know, for the next 30 pages, they can try to overcome that obstacle. But right now it's, it, I don't know if I found it. And so it's not catapulting the character off into this world that'll, that'll last for 20 or 30 pages and lead up to this climax that I built. So in some ways I, I think I might have a broken first act, which is why I'm having a hard time with act two. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like, it's so easy to say like what you need to do as a writer, you know, and, but it's like so impossible to execute, you know, (laughs) like, I just, I feel like I, like we summed it up in one sentence, but then it's like, you know, to actually do that is incredibly difficult. That's why I like, you know, it's easy to know what to do. Yeah. But harder to do it. And I think it's also easy to look at a finished film and say, Hey, here's all the problems with it. But when you're in the middle of it and you're writing from like a white page, that's not as easy to figure out, which is why oh, yeah. I like re- rewriting because once you have something, it's easier to, to critically analyze it and go back and fix it. But when you have nothing to fix and you're just trying to like create it from nothing, that's where it, it gets really tough. Yeah. My problem with rewriting though is uh, it just sometimes you get locked into to ideas that you yeah. put in from the first draft 
And like when, when it's in there, it's sometimes for me, at least it's really hard to get it out, you know, and to change it. Like I get really married to a lot of things. Um, so I'm trying to be more careful, like what I put in my first drafts, because like, I know that once I put it in there, it's hard for me personally to eliminate it, you know, and, and get it out of there. Um, which has been a big problem with the alternate, but I feel like after 12 drafts, it's finally looking good. (laughs) Got all the crap out. I'm surprised to hear that because I feel like if you're an editor, you get used to just cutting things out. You get used to like reinventing and throwing away ideas and just re- and and creating new things with what you have. It's easier when it's like video and shots, you know, and it's harder when it's like story and characters, you know. Mm. Um, and I also think it's harder when it's something that you've written versus something that someone's <laughs> given given you to to, to edit. It's you know? true. Yeah. It's or, actually, yeah, that's that's definitely the benefit of working with a writer is I think you can pull yourself away from the material enough to make smarter decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just also think like when you're getting paid to do something and you're, you're doing it for someone else and they have, you know, requirements that they've given you or expectations that they've set, it's like easier to like, okay, well, that doesn't meet their expectations, cut, you know. But when you're trying to create the best story possible and you can do anything you want, it's harder to know like what is a thing to toss aside and what is a thing to keep mm-hmm. um, front and center, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I definitely like admire how Pixar does it and that they're willing just to throw things away. And I, that's kind of my philosophy with it. It's like if you, if it's not working, just throw it away and, and try something new. And hearing the hearing the background story on like how. Um, Inside Out was made like really inspires me that I'm not too far off and that you can just you can figure things out and make a good movie even when you're completely lost for a lot a long period because I think they were like kind of lost on that movie for a few years before they really figured it out and like the story that they had was uh, was very different from what they ended up with right right yeah we talked about this before yeah Uh, like a whole different character different emotion or whatever and then they switched it around or whatever so it's almost like you're always just right on the verge of solving it and you just need like just that one smart idea to like crack it right and like the frustrating part is not knowing when that's going to come and like just uh, right now i just feel like i'm really struggling to find that Right. Find that thing. I really believe in the script. I really believe in this idea, but I know I haven't cracked it yet. Are you still working with Mark on it? Is he still helping out or? He's on the sideline. I put him on the sidelines for right now because I, I, I told him that he's going to be more valuable to me as a fresh pair of eyes once I'm done with a draft than he is right now being far away and we're not, we're not able to meet every week. So I'm just kind of taking this on, on my own. I'm going to write it and then I'm going to show it to him because we we're on the same page about what the story is and what we want to say. So I think that if he reads my draft, he can tell me where I've succeeded and where I haven't and then help with the rewrites. Right. Yeah. It's really useful to have that person who's able to, to like know your project inside and out and then give yeah. you a fresh perspective on whether you've executed or not. Cause that's yeah. part of the whole thing is like, you think you're doing something, but you're not actually doing it, you know, in, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, in, exactly. in the story. Um, yeah, man. Well, uh, that's exciting. I mean, it's also tough too. Cause like you have all these distractions, like writing takes a lot of focus and, you know, if you got one movie that you're, you know, we're, we might make together and then you have other projects that are happening, this commercial you're directing, you have your full-time job. It's like, you know, it's really hard to focus and do anything. Um, yeah, I know. I know. And it's like, I start feeling guilty after a certain period of time where I'm like, if I really want to get this done, I got to cut out all the distractions in my life and just focus on this. But I don't know if that's really the solution. I think that's just me being hard on myself. Because if I did, if I let's say I, I stopped doing the podcast, I stopped working on any other movie, I stopped commercial directing, am I really gonna like all of a sudden just like break through on the script? Maybe, <laughs> maybe right. not. I think right. it's more than just time that I'm I'm up against. I think it's more just I don't know exactly how to crack this, and part of that's just my limitations as a writer. Probably part of it's my own just experience, like. This is when these times when I'm writing like this is when I really feel like I am not a screenwriter. 
Like right. I, I don't I don't know any screenwriters that that hit blocks like these. They just seem to be able to push through. So I, I just wonder if a screenwriter's mind just works differently than mine does. Yeah. What 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 writer was it? I was talking. I was um. It was it was on another podcast. I think it was the French Press Filmmakers Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he, he wasn't a professional writer or anything, but just like a filmmaker like us, or like you know whatever, just making movies. And he was saying like, I don't I don't get writer's block. I get writer's unblock. You know. <laughs> and uh, I mean, what does I don't, that mean? I, I, it just means I that like I, he's always blocked. And then every once in a while, he gets unblocked. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that way. I feel like I'm usually can't, I usually can't really produce much. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to unblock myself for, uh, you know, a period of time or, you know, in Oh my God. When those moments happen, when you're like so inspired and you have so much and you can't even write fast enough, that's the best. Like I've, yeah. I've had that where I've just like obsessively just been writing. So it's like, there's so much stuff coming out and then you just get like, you can just, you can write a whole screenplay in a week when you're in that, in that mode. Right. But it happens a lot of times is I'm really busy when that happens and I don't have time <laughs> to actually write and then I don't write or I write only a little. And then by the time I sit down and I actually can write, it's gone. And I don't, I don't have mm. that, that tap unleashed anymore, um, which sucks, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I, I watched this documentary or part of the documentary, like the defiant ones. Have you heard of this? It's like this. I've heard uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dre and, uh, what's the other, uh, Jimmy Iovine documentary. Um, and I, you know, I'm watching their early careers and what they did when they first started out. And it's like, all they did was music, you know? And it's just like, makes me feel like I should just, yeah, quit everything, quit my job, quit all the the freelance productions I do or whatever, editing jobs, shooting, and just make movies. And that's what I need to do in order to be a, a success, a successful filmmaker is just stop everything and dedicate yeah. my life to filmmaking. And it's like, gosh, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could. Like, I wish I had the money to do that. I wish I had... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's also not just the money. It's also my, uh, like, I like to work and make money, you know, and <laughs> when I don't do it, I get a little depressed, you know? And so it, it sometimes it can become hard to be creative when I'm not, uh, have, when I don't have at least something going on, you know? So it's like this balance that yeah. I need to strike with, with myself personally, where I have enough of the freelance stuff happening and enough money coming in where I feel like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm doing my job as a, you know, as a good worker guy. And then I also have enough time to like, you know, work on the creative stuff, you know? So it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a balance for me, but I wish I could just stop everything and just like, you know, go take meetings to raise money for the alternate every day and be writing this other short film idea I have and be, you know, finishing up this script that I'm working on with these other guys and just all this stuff. Like, I wish I could just dedicate my day to just doing that. But it's just, that's just not realistic for me, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with you on that. I think that you are still making a decision not to. And I think that that's going to be the case for most people. I think when you hear stories about people like giving up everything and just focusing on one thing, like, that's the rare case. And I don't think, I don't think most people are willing to give up that much to pursue their passion. Right. Well, I'm just saying like for me personally, like I've, I've, you know, cause I've done that for a little period where I did, like I was just focusing on trying to write what is now the alternate or whatever and only work on filmmaking stuff. And, you know, it was, it was hard for me because like I wasn't working and it, it puts me in a, in a space mentally that isn't, good for me if I'm not if I don't have at least some kind of you know job of some kind happening you know right doesn't work for you it doesn't work for me for whatever reason and I mean maybe that's also just an excuse maybe (laughs) maybe if I just did it again um you know I'm gonna I think people are constantly changing right like we're all in different places in our lives every day that we move forward so I think maybe if I stop now maybe it would it would be different maybe I would be super productive and get a, a lot of things done and maybe after this job, I'll do that. Um, but I mean, I have a bunch of other jobs too. But when, after all those jobs, <laughs> then maybe I'll do that. I don't know. We'll see. But again, it's like if another job with these guys came up, if like, you know, we had another opportunity to go out and make another commercial, like, would I really be able to turn that down? Like, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> probably not. One day you, you will. One but day. But right now, yeah, I, th- I think that's the... That's just kind of like the dilemma that we all face though, right? It's like you have work in front of you and then you have work that you want to do 
And the work in front of you is usually the stuff that's like paying you. It's the opportunity that's right there. And right. it doesn't always line up with what you want to do. So, yeah. I mean, the dilemma always is, is like, do you take what's right in front of you or do you give that up to keep pushing towards where you want to go? And it's finding that balance because sometimes it takes a long time to get to where you want to go. And it takes a long time to get to where you want to go because you first have to have the experience of all these other things. You can't really control the opportunities that are right in front of you a lot of times. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. That's why I have this existential crisis like once a year where I'm like, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Like, do I need to change my life to like really make my dreams come true? I don't think you had it last year, though. You only you had it the year before last, but I don't feel like you had it last year. I think this last year around, you know, 2017, you mean like the yeah, between 2016, like, 2017? Yeah, I think like that winter, whatever, like I think you were feeling good because you had just directed the milk thing and that's right, you know, things were on the horizon like i don't know if you knew about the music video yet but like i think you know there was like some other things going on i think it was like a positive time for whatever reason positive time in my life yeah but the but the year before that that there was that was the year you're gonna quit <laughs> i think <laughs> you're gonna quit everything um but uh, i'm glad you didn't because i would have been bad <laughs> yeah look at me now yeah look at you now we want to talk a little bit about our topic press releases yeah, sure. I guess. I mean, this is a little bit disconnected for me because <laughs> I had didn't do this recently, but you did. So I don't know. Did you do anything different for the Spirit Machine versus when we did Over My Dead Body or any of the other projects that we released? No, the same thing. But I don't remember if we ever talked about what we did for Over My Dead Body. Maybe a little bit. I don't I know, remember. I know I we thought... were talking about it a lot. Like, yeah, we emailed like eighty people or whatever. Because I, I remember at probably like the first year that we did this um, or first year that we talked about some PR stuff. And I was saying that I had sent some emails out about spirit machine and the, the people responded like, Hey dude, this is not how you approach like reporters. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Cause yeah, I, I think I wrote like in an email, like, Hey, uh, I'm working on this project. Here's a little write up, you know, feel free to publish it. Oh, <laughs> like, right. You did their yeah. job for them. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. They did not like that. No. Um, yeah, so for a spirit machine, it got written up on first showing. Ain't it cool? The slaughtered bird, geek tyrant. I don't know how you say this. I am a G. Mm -hmm. uh, Dread Central, the movie critic next door, bloggy banshee, and anti radio. Some of these people I remember reaching out to. Some of them I don't really know how they picked up on it. Mm. Um, but it was just like putting a list together of people that I thought might be interested in the movie. And a lot of the people on the list were from Over My Dead Body. So it was pretty easy just to be like, hey, you wrote about Over My Dead Body. I have a new film that's releasing. Uh, I think I sent out all everything like two days before the, the film went up on CG Bros. Um, so I didn't give much time, lead time. And I just said, um, yeah, if, if I've talked to him before, you helped me get over the word out about Over My Dead Body. Here's my new film. Here's a link on Vimeo with a password. And then I attached a press release to it that had more information. So I kept my email pretty short. And then for mm. anyone I didn't know, I just said, hey, as a sci-fi fan, uh, here's a film that I made. Kind of gave some like stats about or like a little story summary. Here's a link, PR release attached. And I'd say that... Most of them didn't even respond back to me. Um, I got a few responses and they just, a lot of them said, hey, we're going to release something tomorrow. But some of them just came out, you mm. know, some yeah, of them yeah. just like appeared all of a sudden. And I was like, like Geek Tyrant, I like they didn't respond back to me. They just kind of like posted something up. Oh, and it's yeah. funny, like how much of the PR release they just kind of like copy and pasted. So on that press release, what is on there? Um, I did it. I wrote it kind of like it was almost like an article. Hmm. So let me pull it up. Yeah. I just learned all, I just learned all the stuff from you, by the way. Yeah. I don't think I did press releases for my things. I just would like put it in the email, you know, oh, just okay. like a, a few little, little blurbs about stuff. Yeah. But I yeah. did it just to like, I guess to keep things separate and make it so my emails were like short and succinct and is really just about the link to the film. And then if they were interested, there's more stuff in the press release. Is the link in the press release? And the link was in the press release. So it was one page. It all fits on one page. 
the header says uh, to be released on 8-18-2017. And then the, the subheader is world premiere of the spirit machine. And then I write San Francisco Bay Area. The sci-fi adventure of the spirit machine will premiere Friday, August 18th on YouTube and Vimeo. The spirit machine was the most funded short on Kickstarter after raising $96,000 in just 21 days. It was brought to life by 120 accomplished artists already working in the commercial and film industry. And then I did a quote for myself. Our intention was to make a Hollywood-style film on an independent level, says writer and director Timothy Plain. To pull it off, Plain tapped into a community of professionals he met while producing television commercials. Mm. So it kind of goes like along that. I'll, I'll leave this in the show notes so people can read. But it was like a, a half like a half page that's kind of written like that with some quotes from me and some details about the movie and the story and the influences. Um and then also some of the people involved. And then I had a Vimeo link, a YouTube link, and said you know, when those would be active and made available to the public. And then I had a link for poster art and movie stills so people could download those. And then I also put a link to my Kickstarter project so they could see more info because there's a bunch of stuff on that page about you know the story and the articles about Edison and stuff, which ended up, I think, being like the biggest... When I read a lot of the postings about this movie, most of them kind of gravitated towards the real life story of the spirit machine and that it was an actual article in Scientific American in like 1920. And Mm -hmm. a lot of those people like talked about like how that actual thing existed. And then there's a story that was told around it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good job, man. That's awesome. Um, Thanks. And what are your what's your view? Cam- I mean, so you, I didn't know that you had it on Vimeo and YouTube. So yeah, was it Vimeo just through your own Vimeo page? Yeah, just my own Vimeo page. And I, because I, I don't know, it feels like some people like Vimeo better than YouTube, right? So I felt like a, most of the most of the people that wrote about it ended up using the Vimeo link, and maybe part of it was because CG Bros is like a channel, and they didn't want to give them more views or something or maybe Um, they were bothered by that little icon on it i'm not sure but a lot of people ended up using the vimeo link and not the youtube link so how many hits do you have on vimeo to date let me find out we are at almost 1500 oh that's good that's nice not bad for being like just organic from you know posts on the internet that's a yeah that's a nice amount um and then what's your cg bros at now uh, tr- almost twenty eight thousand. That's good. Five hundred likes, one hundred and eight dislikes. Mm. Oh, like one out of five people don't like it, but four out of five people do like it. Yeah, interesting. That's nice. <laughs> that's that's. I, I wonder what it'll be in a year. I'm sure it'll be up past the fifties, well into the sixties or seventies by then. Um. But who knows? You know, it's hard to say. Like, Brother, I mean, Brother is a, a, a bad example just because it didn't really have very much visual effects. So it's not really right for that site in the first place, but they were re- interested in releasing it anyways. Um, so it, it hasn't done very well on there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it hardly gets any hits. You know, it basically just is kind of stuck at the same like amount that it's been at for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But where a strange thing is like just like it feels like I get a thousand a week, or I mean maybe not that many, but a, a ton. Like every time I go back, it's like a bigger number. You know. That's cool. Um. So I'm sure the same thing will be with the, the same case with the spirit machine. You know. Um. Although I bet that Stranger Things. I bet that has something to do with it because I think people search for stranger things and then strange thing comes up. Um, so I, th- I think that's feeding into it, <laughs> feeding into it a little bit, you know, maybe, I don't know. And now that this uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie about Thomas Edison's coming out, maybe my film will get a, a, a yeah. bump. I probably, I would imagine, I'd imagine so. Um, yeah, I don't know. So when I did this for Brother, I kind of had um, varying success. I, I don't remember who wrote it about it. I think I had like maybe seven to eight write-ups. And mm-hmm. I know that Dread Central was one of them. Ain't It Cool was one of them. The Slaughtered Bird was one of them. I think Geek Tyrant was one of them. I'm pretty sure the Blogging Banshee was one of them. But like, you know, um, it, it definitely was like, mixed and then i paid for one um as like kind of an advertising thing just because i thought that it would be 
good for the movie because it was like a comedy block, you know. And I was like, oh, well, the comedy people they'll they'll want to they'll want to you know hear about Capone, so this will be a good place for it. And then it just didn't end up at all helping. I don't think like you know they did some some posts on their Twitter and they they have like you know I think they had like fifty thousand or eighty thousand followers on Twitter. But that didn't really help very much. And then, and when you say it didn't help, is that because you're looking at the Vimeo stats and seeing where the traffic's coming from? Yeah, exactly. Um, it didn't. It didn't make it go viral or give it a big boost or a big bump. And you know, there wasn't really any reviews um, on uh, the, or comments on the link to that website. So it's like you could. I could tell that it, it wasn't necessarily getting a lot of reads or clicks. You know. Um, yeah, well, how many how many movies go viral? I don't know. A lot. I mean, it feels really? like a lot. Like, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm sure it's not a lot, but like, you know, you see these movies online and you just type in sci-fi short and, you know, dozens of them will come up that all have millions of hits. And you're like, well, why are they? What, what's going on? I here? think so. My my feeling is that most of them don't go viral. Most people aren't sharing, but I think that they get in front of an audience. So let's say like it's Ain't It Cool Saturday Shorts and there's a page of like eight films on there. I don't think people are going to watch all eight films. Most of them will go through and probably read about what the film is and then decide if they want to see it. And so my feeling is, is that you get onto these, uh, into these write-ups and people read about it. And if it sounds interesting, they're going to click through. And so it's really just about, is your film appealing to other people? And so you got to get the word out there. And then it's kind of, if it's appealing, people will click on it. And if not, it probably just kind of doesn't really go anywhere. But I don't think that, I, I feel like not a lot of people are like sharing movies. I've, I've maybe shared like two movies that I can remember in the past few years, but not too often. And the two that I know I've shared were ones that kind of did go viral. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like, yeah, I guess I don't really understand how these movies go viral or how they get millions of hits. I mean, I think they, I think it's got to be, you know, the different blogs or, um, not blogs, but like message boards, I think kind of plays into it. Cause, um, when Strange Thing got a big, like, I think 10,000 hit bump or whatever, it was because it got put, uh, posted on Imager. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I am a G U R I am G U R whatever. Imger. Uh, Imger. Yeah. But, I don't um, know if that's how you say it either. No, but, but I think that was, that's a, where a lot of these movies are getting, um, shared. Cause not, not just that message board, but message boards like it. Cause I was, um, going on there and, and looking at, um, the comments and there was like, uh, shit ton of comments, like probably 80 comments. Um, and I, it wasn't my movie by itself. It was like I was a, a group of 10 movies, you know? It's like, these 10 movies will scare your pants off or whatever. Right, you know, that, right. kind, that kind of thing. And then it's right. like all these people like going and like, that was, oh my God, so scared. Oh my God, <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> you know, and then like some of it's like, um, like rating like, okay, this movie, scary. This movie, not all scary. This movie doesn't belong on this list, you know? And just like kind of going through and like rating each one, you know? Or, mm -hmm. uh, you know... But who made that post? Was it somebody that people like kind of trust and follow? I, or I don't know. Or just a random ind individual? Because my guess is it's kind of like a blog or a website where it's a trusted individual that's saying, hey, hey, audience, here's my list of 10 scary movies. And then those people are like chiming in about it. Yeah. And so it's, it is the same thing as it, any of these other PR releases. It's about impressions and getting, getting it out in front of people where like, if you get Vimeo staff pick, I mean, that's impressions too. Cause it gets like thrown into a feed or if you're right. on short of the week, it gets thrown into in front of a bunch of people. So I think it's about just getting it in, in front of a bunch of people. And then if that, that video image is like really compelling or the, um, the description is very compelling, people are going to click on it. I think, you know, the description is, is important, but I think what's the most important is the image. Like, I think the image that, you know, you click on on the video to get to the video to play, I think that is the thing that people really react the most to. And if you have a great image, I mean, this is just me personally. Like, if I see a video and the image is really cool looking, I want to click it to see, to get to that part. And then a lot of times the movie will start and it'll be like a bunch of boring crap and, you know, you won't see what you're look what you're looking for, and then you have to like fast forward to find it. Maybe, um, 
or maybe you just turn it off. I mean, I think I've definitely done both, you know, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I just feel like it's just a really tough thing, but I think getting it out into the world as much as possible is really important and getting it to the, these crazy places that we might not know about, like these message boards or different circles online that, that share these things. I think that is really important. Um, I know Reddit's a big deal. Like I've, I've posted my movies on Reddit. I've never had any like viral success through Reddit, but I know it definitely happens. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think again, it probably has to do with like you, if you're a member of Reddit and you're like an, you're active in that community, Community, then if you post a film as that person that everyone's like oh it's uh Bursell, you know he's always sharing cool shit then they're they're more likely to click on it but you and me just going on there and just like randomly posting they're gonna be like i don't know yeah. who that is i don't like, know who the shit is <laughs> goth kid 20 likes it goth kid 20 is great i love i love what he talks yeah. about you know <laughs> let's exactly. let's watch this i mean see like getting the reddit influencers on your side would be um huge but I don't know where you find these Reddit influencers and, you know, what they're even interested in looking at, you know? Well, that's because um, you're not on Reddit, right? Right. I'm, I'm not either. I don't, <laughs> I don't use it. Right. So I wouldn't even know where to start. Right. So right. let's, but let's talk about that. Like finding these people to reach out to, like how, how did you, a lot of these people that I reached out to were from a list that you created when you did Strange Thing. And then I've just kind of added to it. How did you start finding contacts and places to send it out to? Um, yeah, I think I just like start with Google searches, you know, like sci-fi films, sci-fi short film or just sci-fi communities, you know, or I just kind of went through like anybody that seemed like it, it was an active website that was talking about movies or sci-fi movies. Um, and if they had already posted different short films in the past, then that was like definitely a good sign, you know? Um, but I think I just did it like that to sort of tried to find these different, um, you know, online publications that were talking about movies and, um, especially sci-fi or horror movies, you know, and then just put them into a list and then, uh, tried to find the contact information for them and reach out and say, Hey, I got this movie coming out. Would you please blah, blah, blah. And I just did it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I went after some of the bigger people too. Um, or like, you know, these places that kind of go viral that are, um, probably not necessarily all about movies or even at all about movies like dig or boing boing or some of these other places, you know? Um, but I didn't really have as much success with those laughing squid, you know? Right. Um, I think I did get, I can't remember. Maybe it was just one of the zombie things I did got on laughing squid, but I don't, I don't know if strange thing or, or brother got on. Um, I don't think so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You just got, I think you got to go, go after everybody and anybody. And I think there's always more people to reach out to. And there's always um, more websites to, to try to find and try to, be a part of but it's also really hard because you email these people and you know they're writing about the brad pitt movies or justice league or whatever and it's like you know or the just the regular geek news that's coming out and it's like why do they want to why would they give a shit about your short film that you made you know <laughs> right they and probably get like a hundred emails a day with filmmakers that are like hey my short film's coming out my short film's coming out right probably so how do you how do you get in how do you break through that clutter I think that's probably the advantage that people who are super tied into these online communities and kind of know where to go. Like, I think it's kind of sad that we're just using Google as our, like our information source for which places write about this stuff. Like we should, we should be so nerdy about horror and sci-fi that we just immediately can just list off like a hundred websites that we go to on a daily basis to check out like that kind of news or like watch those kind of shorts. If you're that kind of person, I think you're going to have a leg up and that you're already kind of tapped in and you know where people are going and you're probably going to know stuff that's not even coming up in the first few pages of Google. Right. Well, how many websites do you go to on a daily basis? Zero. You don't go to any websites on a daily basis? No. Really? Because I go to like three, maybe, maybe four. And uh, they're big websites, big companies, you know. Um, one's not so big, but most of them are pretty big. And I just I just troll for like new movie news, basically, and then, you know, video game news. And that's like kind of the, the two things I check in on on a regular basis. But uh, I'm not really going to like a ton of different movie sites or a ton of different, you know, geek sites. Cause a, there's just, there's no time. There's no time for that. You know, like 
it's it's like that takes a lot of you know time and attention to like be going to all these websites every day and i think you know when i was younger i think i went to more but now that i'm older and i have a busier schedule it's just definitely tough to do that mm-hmm. but i'm curious like out there in the world you guys like write into us how many websites a day do you visit do you visit is there like a list of 10 that you hit up every day to like get new news or is there 20 or is there a couple that you just go to once a week because you know that they don't post new stuff every day like I'd love to hear like what people are doing on the internet or are they just checking Google news or do they have a news source they do? Like I'm not a news person. Like I just don't want to hear about all the terrible shit that's happening in the world every day. <laughs> so I don't yeah. really do that. And it, and if it's like something important enough, like I believe it or not, like I'll just see it on Facebook and I'll be like, Oh, well everyone's talking about this thing. I don't know anything about on Facebook. I might as well Google search it, you know? And then, you know, or somebody will say like, oh, missiles are coming towards America or like, oh, the missiles are flying overhead. And I'll be like, what? And then like, then it's just like a reference to a comment that someone made. And it's like, oh, missiles aren't actually flying, but maybe they are. I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, you, you sound really old now. You're like getting your news on Facebook. Yeah. Sound old or young? Old. <laughs> old. Old people. Old people use Facebook, Ulrich. Old people use Facebook? I thought uh-huh. young people use Facebook and old people read newspapers. No, <laughs> newspapers are dead. Yeah, but not to old people. I swear, old people still read newspapers. But, you know. I'm telling you, dude. Depends on how Facebook old you go. Facebook is for old people. So what's for young people then, Timothy? You tell I don't me. Know, I don't know what they're using right now, but it's always changing. It's, oh, you, whatever, you mean like you're Snapchat? It, I'm saying if you're on it, if you know about it, that means that it's already for old people. If I know about it? Yeah. So Snapchat's already, that's old news. That's Instagram, old. old news. Twitter, old news. Facebook, old news. They're, so, using, they're using Wham Wham right now. Wham Wham? Did you just make yeah, that up? I just made it up. Yeah, see, I, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, sure, there's there's always a newer network or a newer thing that people are <laughs> on, but I, I do think that, like, those those networks that we all mentioned, that you just mentioned, they're all super popular, and, and whether or not old people are using them, it doesn't mean that, that young people aren't also using them, you know, <laughs> it just because the older people got on board. Like, my friends who are, like, in their 30s, they use Snapchat, See? So exactly, yeah. But does that mean that that all the young people went somewhere else? I don't know. Maybe, or maybe they're also just using it too. I don't know. We don't know young people. Not yeah, not very many. Um, so I don't know anything else to say about this whole write up thing. I don't think so. But let me just double check. Uh, finding contacts, who to send them to. What should your email say? What should your press release say? What else should you include? Photos, posters, links to the film? Do you yeah. hear back from these people? And the mysterious way write-ups just appear. Yeah, we yeah. talked about all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think short and sweet is good. And I like this whole press release idea just because then, like, you know, you don't have to flood the email with information. And then you have all the, the information in the um, in the press release. Um what I noticed for a strange thing was uh, what, if I gave a little story about, cause I did, I, each email I sent was different. Like I didn't send the same thing to everybody, but like if I gave a little story about Star Trek and Star Trek conventions or whatever, cause my, my wife and I go to them or used to go to them. Well, I guess we still go to them. But, eh, well, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. Uh, yeah, we, uh, they would talk about that in the, in, in the write up. But if I didn't mention that, then that obviously wouldn't get in there. But I, right. I found that some people seem to like those sort of stories. But I guess it's also like if it was focused more like a Star Trek blog or or a, more of a geek blog, then that would be, of course, what they're more interested in. And that's how I chose who to say that to, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that that's a good point, too, is you have to pick something out of your movie that makes it unique or special, especially for your audience. So yeah. and I think that Star Trek angle was a good one. And I, I did see that a lot of people did pick up on that. But because you mentioned it, right? Like, uh, it's, you can't expect people just to kind of like extract information based on your film alone. I think you do have to give them some information, some background, some story, because they're not going to, especially in these short film cases, they're not going to do a bunch of research. So you have to kind of give them all all of that information so they can just write something about it quickly. 
Yeah. Like I thought at, in the beginning, my whole plan was like capitalize on Star Trek f- fans, like, you know, put all these Star Trek references into the story and, you know, have the characters wear, be wearing your Star Trek robes and all this stuff. And, you know, um, after I made the movie and like, I didn't get into a bunch of film festivals, I was, I was like, ah, oh, this is stupid. Like no one gives a shit about that. Like <laughs> that doesn't matter. But then when it <laughs> got on online, it became very clear that that actually did matter and that actually did make a difference. And people did appreciate those references and stuff. And, you know, you see a lot of comments even now where people are calling out the Star Trek references or, oh, wow, the monster is like that, you know, monster from that episode of Star Trek. And I was like, yep, that's exactly where it was inspired by. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. So it was cool. It was fun how that worked out well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's not like I can, I can, I can't keep doing that. You can't keep on making movies with gimmicks in them that, you know, um, you <laughs> know, can you get, get people excited? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could, Roger but Corman had a, made a whole career out of it. I just think that you, you need to like, keep on, you got to find the, the good story and, and like good characters and like, have that be the focus of your movie and, you know, let that be the thing that makes it good and makes people want to watch it, you know? Well, and, and continuing on with that thought, don't count on PR releases just to give you the the view counts. Like I think you're only going to get the view counts if your movie's good because also people are only going to write about it if your movie's good. And I can't believe I just said that because my movie's terrible. But I think movie's not terrible, man. <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, I think that yeah, if you it this is just a way to get your film out in the world it's not like a guarantee of a certain number of views we did this for over my dead body and we did not get that many views even though it got written up in a ton of places so right. it's not it's not even like i i think spirit machine's gotten more views um but it's been ri- written about in less places but that's also you know just based on the timing of when it comes out and the channel that it's on and who sees it at the time and if it's compelling to click through and all that stuff so i think this is just a tool to get your film out in the world but don't expect it as like some silver bullet to like get you a whole bunch of views yeah i think that's a good point about the cg bros though is like finding the place the network that wants your content and then releasing it to that network you know because if you didn't have CG bros, like you probably would only have that 1500 hits or whatever. Yeah, you know, maybe exactly. You'd have a little right. bit more, but you know, they brought so many views to the table and it's because you have content that, that, that their viewers want to see, you know, and when they were, they were, you know, good enough to release it on their platform, which is beneficial to them too, of course. Um, yeah, you get those eyeballs, you know? Um, but I think the challenge is like as a filmmaker, like you have to find those um, those networks and find those groups and those places that want to see the movie you've made. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be a real big challenge for me with the rage is like because all my movies beforehand have been like horror or sci-fi related, so it's like I already know those networks, I already know where to go. But like with the rage, like I have no idea who wants to watch that movie. So I, I, gotta, I, gotta I feel sorry for people who are just making dramas because I don't know where those movies live. <laughs> right, there's right. so much more of an audience online for the like niche or genre films. Right. So it's like if you are just making a straight drama. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm I guess really that's more of a film festival thing, right? Yeah, I'm really hoping the film festivals come through. So far, I get nothing but rejections. Um, so we'll see what happens. I've got like about ten more to hear back from um, in the next like month or so. And uh, you know, if I don't get into anybody, any place, I'm just going to release it online, and I'll have to figure out where that's going to be. You know, um, but probably. Yeah, I don't know. I got to find a, a YouTube channel that's like, you know, psychological dramas or whatever, <laughs> psychological thrillers. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. And I all mean, 150 of their subscribers. Right. I mean, I was uh, doing some research on this when we first found CG Bros. And I think there are some other um, film um, channels on YouTube that play short films, you know, and there was mm-hmm. a couple of of options so i've got to look into those i mean obviously vimeo too is going to be a big thing but i want to find like the the best youtube channel to try to release it on that's the most fitting for that movie and just see if i can get a bunch of eyeballs that way but yeah as awesome as, as cg bros is with like they have a million subscribers or something that doesn't really translate into a million views because no. i think because they have so many subscribers and they release so much content it's really just becomes a little bit of white noise. I don't think it's like the, as a targeted 
attack as it seems to be from the outside, you might have better luck releasing it on a channel with just, you know, like 10,000 subscribers that are just like a little bit more hardcore and maybe they've checked that channel all the time and maybe that channel's not releasing stuff like, yeah, I think CG Bros releases like three or four things a day. Right. You know, if if you have a channel that releases one thing a week and they have less subscribers, all those subscribers might actually watch everything that they release. I don't think so, because I think like the math still applies, right? Like if you have 10,000 subscribers, then like only what? It's like 10% of them or less see what what you what or actually are going to watch or potentially watch. I mean, that'll be interesting if you do find a channel that has less subscribers that releases things less frequently than CG Bros and, and see how that translates into views yeah i think like on cg bros like you know they have a million subscribers and i think that translated to pretty much based on what i saw on their website it translates to about ten thousand guaranteed views but beyond that it's kind of a wild card well i didn't even get that with brother oh really (laughs) yeah oh wow brother only has seven thousand so um so why oh i wonder why that is i wonder why people like click on let's say my film over brother like what is it is it the still because mine has like a cg character in the still and yours didn't maybe yeah i don't know i could have put the end i I didn't want to put the ending of my movie in the uh in the still and the ending is what has the effect in it right so i think by making that choice i think i've i've sort of limited my views in, in a lot of ways you know um but again, I just also think it's just that movie doesn't have as much visual effects. And so, like, the comments are, you know, go here to the visual effect, like this one, you know, minute <laughs> So people point. click on it and look at the comments and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to go check it out really quick. Okay, yeah, so. or, or I don't know. I'm sure. That, I wonder what the CG bros have to say about this. But, like, I think they're, they probably, there's probably some sort of algorithm at play where the more hits something gets, the more it gets pushed to their network. You know, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't get as many views, then it's not getting pushed as much, you know, so then it's not, it's not popping up on people's feeds or not being seen, you know, um, or maybe people are scrolling through all the movies, all the sci-fi horror movies or whatever, and they see brother and they're like, meh, doesn't look that interesting. You know, where's this, where's this, 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 the sci-fi, where's the CG, you know? And then they look at something like spirit machine or, or strange thing. And they're like, oh yeah, that looks great. Like I'll click on that. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. Could, could, could be any number of things really. Um, but because there's two parts to this, there's the first part is just getting people to click on it. And then the second part is getting them to watch it all the way through. And then I guess the third, there's a third part, which is that they like it so much. They want to tell somebody else about it. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't think, I don't think being on a channel with any certain amount of subscribers really, you know, like guarantees anything like you're saying, like, I think, you know, It it's just you. It's got the network right, but then it's up to your movie and the way that you advertise your movie or the way that you present your movie in order for you know to get people to click on it. You know, um, so yeah, I wonder. I wonder if a smaller network would make a difference. I I kind of feel like to me this is just a com. So I wonder. I don't know for sure, but like if CG Bros released less content um, with that m- amount of subscribers, would they watch? Um, would they be more likely to watch your movie since it's, yes. there's less of them? I think, yeah, yes, exactly. I think so. I think yeah. if they only released like one thing a day or one thing even less than that, I think more people would be tuned in to kind of check out, oh, I wonder what they release now. Because it seemed like they'd be more choosy. Right. I think it's kind of like the idea of um, Short of the Week. Short of the Week has one short every week that they prim- that they show, that they feature. They have like every, every day they also do a daily short, but I'm sure that there's a lot of people that just go and watch like that one short a week. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, um, but the, the other thing about that, which is the other side of the coin, which is probably what CG Bros would also say is that, you know, if they didn't release three things a day, they would never have gotten to a million subscribers or whatever their subscriber count is. Like they were only able to get that many people in by releasing so much content. And if they pulled it back now, like would they lose subscribers? Would they not be able to be gaining as many subscribers at the same amount, a rate that they are now? Like who knows, you know? Um, right. And I guess if you equate it to like a TV network, let's say it's like NBC if NBC would never just release like one TV show a week, right? Right. But there are, they're going to release a, a content like 24 hours a day, but certain shows are going to be more popular than others. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, I'd love to keep on talking about this, but I think I actually have to go start working you now. Have to go work. Yeah. 
But um, it's been fun. I'm I'm uh, excited. Today's gonna be a good day because we're gonna get a lot of things done. So um, okay, I'm feeling Let's go good. Do it. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you uh, want to check out our website, makingmoviesishard.com, there you can find the links to the things we talked about on this episode, um, including uh, Timothy's press release, and then I don't know, maybe some other stuff. I'm not sure what he's going to put on there. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. And, uh, you know, we want topic suggestions. We want questions. We want feedback. We want positive criticism. We want negative criticism. I guess. I guess criticism is always <laughs> negative. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? No, like, there's positive yeah, criticism. I, I, th- I think constructive criticism is what we really there want, but we'll take any flavor of criticism that you throw at us. Um, and you can uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. Um, you know, let us know what you think of the show. Same deal, you know, more bite sized format. And please, if you like the show, you can tell a friend, help us get the word out, or you can even leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, you know, you can just leave a star review without an actual written review if you want, or you can do the written thing. We love those. I don't think we've gotten one in a while, um, but we would uh, love to read on the show. Have you checked sure recently? Have we gotten any yeah, new ones? Yeah, I check all the time. Yeah, no new ones. Still that three star no staring no. at us. No. Mocking us for no. how our show sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, well, you know, whatever. I mean, we have so many reviews. I mean, we're I'm really, like, proud and happy and glad that so many people have wanted to, you know, tell us what they think of the show. So that's awesome. But, yeah, more is always good, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for thanks Thank for another you. great episode. And I'll talk to you next week. Actually, I'll talk to you in a few hours. Yeah, I'll talk to you in a few minutes, probably. And I'll talk to everyone else next week. Yeah, exactly. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.